The world never ends the way you believe it will, Ronnie Day thought. They were the tried-and-true favorites, like nuclear holocaust and doomsday asteroid collisions and killer viruses and Preacher Stamore's all-time classic, The Second Coming of Jesus Christ. But the end really wasn't such a huge, organized affair after all. The end was right up close and personal, different for each person, a kick in the rear and a joy-buzzer handshake from the Reaper himself. But that was the big end. First, you had to twist your way through a thousand turning points and die a little each time. One of life's lessons, learned as the byproduct of thirteen years as the son of Linda and David Day, and one semester sitting in class with Melanie Ward. Tough noogies, wasn't it? Ronnie walked quickly, staring straight ahead. Another day in the idiot factory at good old Barkersville Elementary was over. Had all evening to look forward to, and a good long walk between him and home. Nothing but his feet and the smell of damp leaves, fresh grass, and the wet mud of the riverbanks. A nice plate of spring sunshine high overhead. And he could start slowing down in a minute, delaying his arrival into the hell that home had been lately, because soon he would be around the curve and past the thing on the hill to his right. The thing he didn't want to think about. The thing he couldn't help thinking about, because he had to walk past it twice a day. Why couldn't he be like the other kids? Their parents picked them up in shiny new Mazdas and Nissans and took them to the mall in Barkersville and dropped them off at soccer practice and then drove them right to the front door of their houses. So all they had to do was step in and stuff their faces with microwave dinners and go to their rooms and waste their brains on TV or Nintendo all night. They didn't have to be scared. Well, it could be worse. He had a brain, but it wasn't something worth bragging about. His overactive imagination got him in trouble at school. But it was also kind of nice when other kids, especially Melanie, asked him for help in English. So he'd take having a brain any day, even if he did suffer what the school counselor called negative thoughts. At least he had thoughts, unlike his little dork wad of a brother back there, who didn't have sense enough to know that this stretch of road was no place to be messing around. Hey, Ronnie. His brother was calling him. It sounded like from the top of the hill. The dorkwad hadn't stopped, had he? Come on. Ronnie didn't turn around. Looky here. Come on, or I'll bust you upside the head. No, really, Ronnie, I see something. Ronnie sighed and stopped walking, then slung his book bag farther up on his shoulder. He was at least eighty feet ahead of his little brother. Tim had been doing his typical nine-year-old dawdling, stopping occasionally to tie his sneaker strings or look in the ditchwater for tadpoles or throw rocks at the river that ran below the road. Ronnie turned. To your left, he told himself, so you don't see it, and looked back along the sweep of gravel at the hill that was almost lost among the green bulk of mountains. He could think of a hundred reasons not to walk all the way back to see what Tim wanted him to see. For one thing, Tim was at the top of the hill which meant Ronnie would have to hike up the steep grade again. The walk home from the bus stop was nearly a mile and a half already. Why make it longer? Plus, there were at least ninety-nine other reasons, like the Red Church, not to give a flying fig what Tim was sticking his nose into now. Dad was supposed to stop by today to pick up some more stuff, and Ronnie didn't want to miss him. Maybe they'd get to talk for a minute, man to man. If Tim didn't hurry... Dad and Mom might have another argument first, and Dad would leave like he had last week.